Welcome to the Stickers on the Mic podcast brought to you by StickerGiant.com, where we talk with our customers about how they started their business, how they're marketing their brand, and how they're growing their company. Without further ado, it's time for the Stickers on the Mic podcast from StickerGiant. Let's get on with the show. Everybody, welcome back to Stickers on the Mic. Andrew with you again. Uh, very excited as always, but today I get to talk to Brett Friedman of Brett Glam. There you are, uh, waving to all of us uh, from Los Angeles, California. Brett, thank you so much for taking the time. Oh my gosh, thanks for talking to me. Let's see what. Uh, let's see if I have anything interesting to say. I think you do because um, you are working in a space. Uh, well, tell us a little bit about what the work you do actually is. Well, I'm LA based. I'm a makeup artist, so I do. Uh, well, because I'm in LA Hollywood, I do actresses. Mm-hmm. So I do actresses for photo shoots, uh, talk shows, premieres, uh, commercials, whatever they're kind of doing. Uh, so my job every day is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because I work with famous women, I get a lot of deals with right. big cosmetic companies. So probably, you know, probably about 13 years ago, I thought, you know, if I'm getting paid all this money because I can connect these products for other brands with these people for red carpet looks or, or whatever award shows, um, what if I had my own line and wouldn't that be a good synchronicity? And then I can also mention their line, but then throw in. So that's when I started uh, Brett Brow. So I started a brow okay. line. So it's all pencils, powders, groomers, tweezers, tools, anything for the eyebrow. Mm. Uh, we were mainly geared towards professional makeup artists, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, we ended up in Sephora and their boutique. They they were doing a whole thing uh, yeah. for boutique lines like end caps. So, and I remember telling, I was like trying to talk them out. I was like, you guys, there's too many colors. Um, I don't think civilian women and men are gonna get it. Cause I had had an inner, I had gone to QVC and they were just like, Oh, there's 10 shades. That's too many for our buyer. We want maybe one or two for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to put people shopping online or on TV to be like, which color am I? And afraid to make it's just dial and buy. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, we we would like something a little more straightforward. We love you, love the product. And Mm. so I had that in my head and you know, it's, it's funny. You have to, you have to move, change, you know, with information we get or things that advice we get at certain periods in personal life and in work that we stick to for too long, you know? So I held on to that for about six years when Sephora came, I still was running on the fumes of, this is a pro-centric line, civilian, like I was saying, civilian men and women won't get it. Um, but they were like, no, no, people are watching YouTube videos and, and uh, they're more kind of, they actually kind of want things that feel like really tailored to them and that extra step of figuring it out. Um, so, and then did great in Sephora. Um, so then, so now we sell to everyone, you know, right. we sell on Amazon and, and I kind of, uh, you know, we're mostly in pro stores, but. Right. That's really interesting too, because you were saying you were doing this about 13 years ago, which is way before like the influencer economy and and a lot of product placement just in social media for personal use, right? I mean, you're a professional doing your own thing. And that space is very wrapped up in people who are sponsored, like an A-list celebrity is going to have a sponsorship with a certain brand and they want to use that ostensibly. And you had to probably use those products, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I do certain actresses, um, they have deals with cosmetic companies. So I always talk about other brands. And right. I, that's a big part of my business is um, not just a shrill for my own <laughs> my own line, but I talk about right. other things. I use other things, you know. So, you well, that's just really... So how did you become doing celebrity makeup, though? I know, it's weird, right? And I'm from Pittsburgh. My family, <laughs> the first, like... Until I, because I started in Miami, I, you know, I always did makeup um, and I'm, you know, grown ass man. Uh, when I started kind of thinking of a career in the 80s when I was a teen, men weren't really doing makeup. No. You know, right. and, and makeup was in the department store or Avon and you definitely didn't see men doing it there. But I was always interested in makeup. I was always in my sister's makeup, you know, right. growing up. Um yeah, it's funny. She's like, I'm the only, I'm the only girl on the block that has to ask her brother where her mascara is. Ah, and, that's, uh, awesome. that's awesome. So then, like, I went to I went to art school and uh, worked in an ad agency, and and then just thought, okay, you know, maybe I'll work on a cosmetics because I was, you know, and I, all that time, it's funny. The universe finds you. I would always get calls to do makeup for weddings or for friends. Like I, I just would, I didn't even have to try for whatever reason, because I would sometimes do my friend's makeup when I was a teenager. So the word got out. So in the nineties, it seemed like things like a lore magazine came out like in probably 90, 91. And that's where I saw, Oh, in New York and in Miami, you know, that backdrop was really big at that time. Uh, in LA, I, I started seeing men. And I thought yeah. maybe this could be, and I read an article about Francois Nars, mm-hmm. it's like Nars Cosmetics. And he just talked about, he does fashion shows, he does this, he does that, and had his own line. And I thought, you know, I'd like my life to look like that. Hmm. And, and I then you could. Yeah. So I moved to Miami. I knew we had relatives down there. So, and uh, got a little apartment, worked in a makeup store. I think I was, and I was old for starting you know, changing, changing gears. I was 24. Mm-hmm. So all the young makeup artists there uh, were just, you know, 19, 20. But because I was a little older, I was on time. I was running a business unabashedly. Like I wasn't partying and, you know, I went to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you were so disciplined, you were disciplined, right? I mean, yeah, I right? think I had that maturity. So while they were like, you know, a lot of the people that I, I worked with that were kind of around me sort of trying to get an agent, you know, doing like in your career, there's always these steps that are built in. And uh, yeah. And then it, uh, I started doing uh, shoots out of the, out of the makeup store. People would come in and, That's and uh, yeah, one thing led to another. And then I was like, okay, after about four years, I was working, uh, I had an agent doing commercials and stuff. And I was like, you need to move to a bigger market. So, New York, LA. I was more interested in actresses than models. Okay. So I was like, well, let's go to LA. And then I had to start all over again. <laughs> oh, really? Right. So you like took a step back to keep going though. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Which you've probably done too. Well, we, yeah, we all have our back and forth. Yeah, right? uh, built in. The uh, So coming to LA though, then how do you curate that kind of clientele? Cause again, I mean, you know, that is a, obviously a very, insular world i presume to break into to like get into these spaces where some of these people who you know again they're both face names right i mean you've got reba mcintyre 
I was geeking out with you on that, right? Like, yeah. how do you find yourself like being able to land some of these actresses, Lisa Kudrow, for instance? You said you were working with some of them for decades. That's like a very personal relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, and it's awesome. I know, I remember when I was doing in Miami, I was doing models, you know, who are very young. They dress them up to look like women, but a lot of they're teenagers. You know, they're going to the mall after a shoot. <laughs> when I moved to LA and I started working with actresses, they had, they were um, running a, uh, a business, you yeah. know, they have full lives. They have a say. Um, they pick a lot of times. The more famous they are, that they pick the photographer. They pick, you know, right uh, stylist. So, um, yeah, I think when I got here, I didn't have any actresses because hmm. I got here in '96, and I didn't have any actresses in my book. I had models, and I had like covers of fashion magazines and and all this stuff, like European. But they're like, you know, at that time, they're like. You, what everyone wants is at least one cast member from Friends. I remember an agent telling me that. That was the 90s. Yeah, I mean, the 90s was yeah, Friends was everything. You get, like, you know, someone, like, a Charmed was really big. Oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> like, these were the things. So, but, yeah, and uh, uh, Courtney Thorne Smith, mm. an actress, was on, she was finishing Melrose. This is 1996. And she, right. um, and I did her for a shoot and I still work with her to this day. Um, but she was the first like actress I did. And she was doing a cover of a magazine. And then that, once I had an actress on a cover, you know, and then she went into Allie McBeal mm-hmm. and according to Jim. So she, and I did her for press and, and photo shoots and all this stuff around that. But once you have that, then it's like, okay. And then that publicist. Well, that you get dropped I, in the credit too. It's like makeup by Brett Glare yeah. or whatever. Like that's how the caption works in a magazine, for instance, right? Yeah. Like that's the whole industry curates it, its own self. Yeah. And you know, and uh, I was good. Yeah. You know, I was good. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't I, hurt to be good at what you do. Yeah. Like I, I remember I would do shoots with, I remember I did a shoot for, oh God, this is like the late nineties for they did Seinfeld was ending and they did a shoot of all of the, the girls that played his girlfriend, like Lori Lachlan and yeah. you know, Marley Matlin, who I did. And I remember I did makeup with a bunch of makeup artists and he had dated so many women over the course of the season. In the show, yeah, they yeah. did two days. I mean, two shoots. They did one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And, uh, and I did Marley Matlin, Lori Lachlan for that. And I, I was like, that's when I was like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm good. Yeah. Now I get it. Cause I yeah. could see part of the stuff, which was fine, but I thought, okay. So that was like, I was, I don't know, we, we all, I think get to that point where we have to assess or we are, am I okay? Or am I undeniable? Yeah. And, uh, it's weird that I, I, I was, I was able to separate myself enough to be like, Oh no, I'm really good. Yeah. And I kind of deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. So why not, um, Own it. lean in and, and be yeah. Curious? And it's, you did like by productizing and, and I, we talk quite a lot about the growth there, which is cool. Um, that's mm-hmm. cool. Those are some cool stories. Um, but you, like you said, you created the, the Brett glam sort of line. It's brettfreeman.com is the website. You have brows, pencils, powders. You got more even of other things. Um, you have a pro program. I presume you were able to sell the stores. You were talking about Sephora and yeah, all those things. Yeah, we're in a bunch of stores. So it's what good. meant into like making your first products that you sold though? And getting mm-hmm. it made and then, you know, 
inventory distribution, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking back, if I knew how hard it would be, I would have never done it. Mm. Uh, I think that I just started like anything. If you want something, you just start telling everyone or asking everyone. And, and I knew someone that it was a company called Duop. I think they're still around, but they did lip venom. So Dow's one of that. Uh, it was a lip gloss that had like cinnamon or something in it. And kind of made your lips numb. <laughs> they sold so much of this stuff. And I worked with a makeup artist that started it. And she was on QVC. And, and I thought, you know, I'm going to... I remember, I don't know who... It was my dad or maybe my rabbi growing up. It was like, don't take advice from people who have less than you. Don't take marriage advice from a single person. Don't take money advice from someone that has less money than you. Right, right, right. So I always, I thought she's nailing it. So whatever she's doing, she's she's the one to talk to about this. Um, so I called her and said, I have one of these phone calls, I think, in my arsenal for you. And uh, can we talk for 10 minutes and give me advice on starting a line? And she did. Uh, and, uh, she just said like, you need to do this. And she's like, ask every vendor. Cause I was like, I don't know anything. She's like, well, uh, here's, here's a company that I know makes brow pencils, Right. call them and then say, who do you like that will make the box? Like, who do you work with that yeah. makes boxes? Who do you work? So you just ask her who, who do you like that makes stickers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ask the people you're going to work with who they like to work with. And that was really fantastic advice because then it, it, it spiral. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like when you want something, the universe conspires to help you get it. So, uh, the, the bad part is I'm not a businessman. Mm. So if you're another makeup artist and you see me running this line and doing all that, you're like, wow, Brett's smart. So smart at business. And da, da, da. If you're a real business person, you're like, Oh, He's done it long enough. He learned a few things, you know, <laughs> but I, I know my strengths and weakness, weaknesses. So I kind of dole out the things that, yeah. that aren't of my interest because coming up with the colors and naming them and getting a sticker for the, you know, all the fun yeah. stuff. You, I, I can tell you, you enjoy 4%. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that stuff goes fast. Right. Cause that's the creative side of it. You, if, especially if you worked in advertising, like I personally love creative stuff is my most, yeah. my, my, at my best, right. I, I'm very high octane in that case. Right. Right now, for instance. But do you know how to do a Google doc? Yes. Well, that's, I'm in digital marketing, but like, you know, it, yeah. it, so again, though, when you're productizing, you're making the things that you know, you need, obviously you, yeah. then of course you've been doing this for decades. So, I mean, you have to have the full kit. I mean, it's a full, it's just like doing carpentry. You have to have all the tools of the trade yeah. right, to do that. So you set yourself up with your line, but then of course you're using your customer stuff because that's their preferred. And especially if they're sponsored, it's like no brainer. Yeah. Um, and you know, you have a fun YouTube, of course, that's probably pretty fun and you do what you can there whenever it's possible. Right. Uh, Facebook. I mean, how are you, you have, like I said, it sounds like your business is the work that you do physically is taken care of now because you have these stars, they're your customers. But then when it's coming to selling things, how does that all work for you to keep churning that sort of e-commerce engine? Yeah. So, you know, I, I wear two hats. So, you know, when I'm not doing photo shoots, but I'm always thinking like if I'm doing an actress for an event, I'm like, okay, we have the social media dragon. Yeah. We have to fill. Yeah. Um, that's my point of difference. I, you know, growing up, my father was a caterer and 
I think when things started changing, you know, people started wanting espresso and arugula yeah. and all that. He he was like, no, we do rigatoni weddings and we have iceberg lettuce. He didn't want to change in the 90s. Uh -huh. And I remember seeing that and being like, you know what? Just gotta get out. If it feels uncomfortable and yeah, it feels yeah. like that's too much and I shouldn't have to do that, then you have to do it. So mm -hmm. the social media thing, luckily, I I... I have a built-in thing and a system that I do it and uh, I do like it. Um, I kind of look at it like I'm the editor of my own yeah. magazine, you know, yeah, I can have a say in how I'm perceived and how my products are perce perceived. That's the way I process that. So nice. I don't feel like I work hard enough and now I have to like stand there and try to make a TikTok, you know, like, no, that's part of it, part you know, of but that's yeah, awesome. it's, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's a whole um, multi, yeah. So it, obviously the days I'm doing makeup are much easier uh, when I'm in the office and we're trying to come up with posts and, you know, yeah. trying to do the calendar and trying to figure out uh, new products and, and all that stuff. Uh, or just the nights, you know, I always say I'm in the shipping business, really. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's All right. of our emails are, you know, where's my pencil? Yeah. You know, and tracking and they can see it, but they yeah. still, you know. <laughs> Welcome to our life, right? Like e-commerce is tough, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I think they think we deliver it. I was like, well, no, funny. it's not my. <laughs> that's funny. It's not my hands anymore. So, um, you, you don't have like a retail presence other than the things with the Sephora or whatever you're doing in that regard, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, most like we're Namies and Nigels and friends, like mostly pro stores and and uh, right. some spas and things. But yeah, so, you know, we deal with the stores, we deal with Amazon, we deal with our, you know, my own website. Okay. Um, yeah, so do, you do it on Amazon too. You do use Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Right. And for a while there, Amazon was actually um, very quickly was selling more hmm. than the website because, you know, no one has to, to sign It's on. one less step. It's one less step. Yeah. Yeah. They just look and all. And so I was like, all right, let's get on there and, hmm. uh, and, uh, now they're about neck and neck. Uh, Just your, yeah, they're, like, equal, they're equalizing, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, we only really tag the website on socials. Mm. So a lot of TikTok videos or, or how-tos and stuff or influencers that use the stuff aren't tagging Amazon. So it's really interesting how, how that part of it is so huge. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, that is sounds like a fun success story, but... Um, uh, some customers, especially lately, like there's a lot of pandemic stories, right? So like yeah. our show has these, you're an established business, established brand. And it's just, it's been all that work over time. Right. And then of course you have these big splashes and a new tool comes out like TikTok and you can leverage that to help keep growing your business in a different way. Cause all those yeah. TikTok how to's are like, they're bonkers, right? Like they're just yeah. a whole new meat, like a whole new YouTube tutorials were so like my cousin does makeup, right? Like, and he yeah. teaches too. And his YouTube business is the first place he went. Now he's on TikTok though, because that's where you have to be, right? Yeah, they want the little, they want the little dollops, faster, uh, fun edits, you know, stuff that, you know, it's like, you know, there's PayPal, then it turns into uh whatever Zelle and then it turns yeah. into yeah. Uh, Venmo. You know, it, it's funny. It's the same kind of content, just packaged. It feels fresh. Yeah. And I think that the YouTube videos, like a 15 year old girl in Montana taught me how to open my electrical fuse box. I couldn't like informational stuff. And, mm. you know, um, but yeah, it's, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big thing. And I use it, you know, like yeah. 
I had to finger wave an actress's hair and uh, I went on TikTok and just went in because I knew it'd probably be under three minutes. Yeah. And why make a whole production? It's not a YouTube production. It's not light. It's not lights and all that. Yeah. They've got to figure out a way to to make it entertaining. And sometimes that's all you need. You know, you know, the basics of stuff. Um, But yeah, during the pandemic, thank goodness that I had the makeup line because I yeah. was not working really. There's no that. events, right? Yeah. Your events are such a big part of your yeah, as a makeup persona. Super, yeah. So I was shocked that, you know, a lot of people were still on Zooms yeah, and things and still buying brow pencils and powders. So uh, yeah, you still got to look good on a Zoom call. We're talking about how we had to look good on a Zoom call because yeah. at a yeah. minimum, at a minimum, right? Um, exactly. Although my, your mileage may vary on my appearance, but um, that's why I host a podcast, I guess. But um, what was I going to say? <laughs> um you like you said, and we try to always wrap it up with what would you tell yourself, but you, you would have told yourself, don't do it. But like, but then yeah. you lose all, you lose all the things you just went through though, as a person. Yeah, no, I'm a better, smarter person. I never thought I was smart. It's funny. Like, not that I'm smart, but I remember in my twenties seeing a therapist and I was like, well, you know, I'm not smart. So I'm doing the best I can. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, he goes, that really just like hurts me to hear yeah. you say that. He's like, what do you, what do you think yourself? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And I was like, but it's true. Mm. Right? And that's, that was my response. And then like, I think with the makeup line and then mostly it's other makeup artists and people are like, oh my gosh, I think it's so great. And, and I thought, God, you know, I, I may, I'm a little smart, you know, yeah. or I can figure it out or I can yeah. lean into things that aren't my strength and, and, uh, feel like I, you know, I, I didn't shy away, you know, I didn't stop. So when things would come up and I didn't really know where it got hard or it felt scary or, um, I just pushed through it. So like in a weird way, I was like, okay, I, I'm allowing myself to be proud of myself yeah. for doing something that, that, uh, uh, was hard and something yeah. I didn't think uh, I would be, I would do, you yeah. know? Totally. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, well, cool. That, that really does kind of take us towards the, the uh, finish line here, but you know, we say on the show, every sticker has a story. Your sticker mm-hmm. is something you're putting on your box. Like you said, right. It's, it's a picture. Of your it yeah. It's you <laughs> and you put it on your box. So it's kind of like a label for your package. You were saying, right. Yeah, so it's to give it a vibe. Yeah, you know, so it's a vibe. It a vibe. And, and, and that's what awesome. better vibe than my face? That's what I decided. Well, also, though, it's part of that unboxing experience, right? When people get the box and they tag you, it's one of the first things that the outer world sees then, too, right? Which is kind you of... You know, and I didn't anticipate that, and, and it's true. Yeah. You know, people, people, when they're showing everything, I was like, okay, there it is, a little extra, like... Yeah, when we first started the show, the unboxing phenomenon was really taking off um, years ago. Now it's just de rigueur. We all expect that in a way, even of our customers. Hey, tag us on social. But it's yeah. fun to do that in a way that is meaningful. Um, and, and it seems like you've done that. So that's cool to create that connection. And I'm really glad we connected and we appreciate you very much. Um, well, thank you for asking. And thanks for uh, keeping creativity easy and fun. And like I said, I felt like I mastered something. I mastered my own sticker. There you go. That's amazing. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. As always, I appreciate your time. Brett, we appreciate your time and all the lessons that you've had for us today. 
Um, everybody, please be good to your, uh, yourselves and everyone out there. Um, this month, every month, every day of the year, that's what we try to promote here on the show is business growth and marketing, but also doing good and 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 trying to uh, highlight these amazing stories from, uh, I we just have so many amazing customers. So Brett, thank you for being one of them. We really appreciate thank it. Thank you, it was fun. Um, and everyone take care of yourselves and we'll see you soon. That wraps up this episode of Stickers on the Mic, brought to you by StickerGiant.com. You can download us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please leave us a review. It helps us reach new listeners and share our customers' sticker stories. And if you're inspired to create your own stickers or labels, head over to StickerGiant.com to check out our options and use the coupon PODCAST to take 20% off your first item. Thanks again for listening to Stickers on the Mic.